Hello and welcome to the Disconnected Gamers Podcast, where we reconnect with life and gaming. I am one of your hosts, Andrew, also known as J-Bund, with me as always, but just kidding, because Mike is not here. Your boy Mike is not here this week, I'm sorry. But in his place, we have Michael, who's just, just released the game, The Path of Modus. Welcome, Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm the new Mike. Uh, the I'm new Mike, Mike 2.0. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Mike 2.0. <laughs> welcome, welcome in. Um, so why don't we start and talk about the path of Modus? That's probably the best place to start. Yeah, sure. So I'll just give the pitch I always give. Uh, the game's called The Path of Modus, and it's a game where your words can destroy people. Modus is the little character that you play as. He's a uh, he starts off as a six year old goblin. And he's from a village that's been trapped in a forest for hundreds of years. But he thinks he'll be the first one to get out by building these bridges through the forest. So there's some puzzle elements there. Mm -hmm. But in between building the bridges, he meets bullies that use their own words to stop him. So there's this verbal combat system where they shout words at you. And you have to uh, shout words back and find a way to deal with them. And as you progress through the game, he actually gets older. So like I said, he starts off as a six-year-old kid, but it ends up where he's a young adult so just it's like a coming of age game kind sure. of yeah so yeah um i played it at pax i played a little bit of the the full version as well um i was i was really taken by this game um because like when you had explained it to me i was like okay like you know bullying is an aspect in the game and like your words can hurt people and then like i started playing the game and i was watching the animations of as the words clash and being like oh okay that's interesting you know the you know you can you can clash your words or your words can hurt them too yeah and at, and at one point i was like oh, okay it it's making more sense um you know from a, a retrospective per, like point of view like your words can hurt them just as their words can hurt you in the game and obviously like that translates outside of the game as well yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um yep. what was um the kind of process for because this is is this is your first game that you've released um it's my second published game okay. I, it, technically it's like my eighth or ninth game but yep. uh, my second professionally published game yeah okay um so in this so the question will remain the same i just wasn't 100 percent sure on that um when you were when you started out to make this game, like, did you have this idea in your head already that you wanted to make a game about bullying, or did the game evolve as you kind of started your process? Yeah, so it definitely evolved. Like, it started off. Um, I just wanted to make a game that was about like the challenge of pursuing something in your life, like the struggle of pursuing your dreams or whatever. Um, so it started off like because I'm a creative person, all the creative people I talk to, we all kind of know that when you have these big ideas as a kid. You know, as you get older, people kind of are like, yeah, whatever, man, that'll never happen. And like you get a lot of pushback from people. So I was like, OK, I want to have that in the game because that's a common thing creative people face trying to pursue something. Um, but then as the game progressed, we've been working on it for like three years. <laughs> I should I should comment on that. But as the game progressed, um, you know, I would test it with people and people that had been bullied really connected with the game. And that wasn't my initial inspiration for it. But as the game kind of, you know, as I tested it and received feedback from people, I realized that that theme was also in the game. Mm -hmm. So it, it grew into the bullying thing, but it started from the other place, um, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Okay. Um, now, uh, in terms of the development process, you've, you, I was going to say, it's, it's you and another person? 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's a team of two, and I handle the programming, design, music, and writing. And my friend Gonzalo Antunes from Portugal draws all of the art and animates everything. So it's just the two of us. And we worked remotely for most of the development, but he did at one point come over here towards the end uh, for like six months while we kind of polished things up. So I was just about to ask, like, did he, like, when you said that he's from Portugal, did you guys work remotely from... Yeah, well, we uh, we the, the first game that I made it was called Pillar for PlayStation Four. We also made that game, and that was 100% remotely through the internet, and uh, it works. <laughs> but uh, when we when we were working in person, we started to notice like how much more efficient it is to do it in real life because mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, when we're working on something, let's say I put in a new piece of art or something, like something doesn't quite work right. And I have to spend like 15 minutes describing in really strong detail what exactly isn't right mm-hmm. over Facebook Messenger or something. But in real life, I can just say, hey, come look at this. And he immediately gets it. You know what I mean? It's, right, like it right. saves a lot of time. So that, it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a cool, like, that's a cool, unique way to, that you like, obviously, like, you know, in tw- for for our generation, I would think, like the ability to collaborate with people that are so far away from you and still, you know, accomplish this goal, right, to make, in this case, to make a game. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And I, I mean, at first, when we started working together originally, I was like, I'm not sure how many people will do this, but mm-hmm. kind of like you said, a lot of people our age, I mean, it's very common. I mean, I, I read an article about some band that formed, um, and they had a lot of success. I think they had like a gold record last year, but they all met online and worked online, and they didn't even meet until later on. So, I mean, that's just the world we're in, I guess, now. Yeah. Which, it's it's cool, though. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, let's go back to the gameplay. Um, so, obviously, there's a little bit of platforming. Um, there's, you know, that, um, the verbal combat system. But then let's let's talk about the puzzles. Because, um, obviously, the, the puzzle element's a pretty big factor in the game as well. Yeah, it is. Um, so, the basic idea of the puzzles is that there are nodes and each node has a number on them, and that number represents how many lines need to be drawn to it. Um, So there are different types of nodes. There's square nodes and circle nodes. Uh, The square nodes can only have lines drawn in the four uh, cardinal directions. With the circle one, you can draw diagonals as well. Uh, And basically, you're having to draw lines between the nodes until every node has the correct number of lines. Usually the feedback I get is that it sounds really simple and the first few puzzles are simple, but it can get pretty complex towards the, the second and third chapter of the game. Mm-hmm. So I like to, I love puzzles, but I love things that have very basic mechanics that are, you know, very simplistic at first, but they have a lot of mileage to them. So my hope is that these puzzles have that feeling. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had fun when I was playing them at PAX, though, though I did need your help for a few of them. I, <laughs> oh, I, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, eventually, like, you know, it's it's one of those things, like, I I think you're right, you know, as you as you progress through it and you, you are spending enough time with them, it starts to click in your head and make a little bit more sense. Um, yeah. Now, so, uh, for the puzzle element, you mentioned that you like puzzles. Is that, like a thing that has existed in previous games you've made or worked on, or was this some, was this like a new element that you added to the game? Uh, my last game pillar was pretty puzzle based as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's funny because when I was younger, I hated puzzle games, <laughs> so I'm not really sure how I landed. I like designing puzzles for some reason, because mm-hmm. you can think about every single process that's going on um, because usually puzzles only have one solution. So I can really think about like each little trick and turn I can put into the puzzle as I design it. And that's a lot of fun for me to do. So I, I love designing puzzles for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Gotcha. Um, so in terms of you've launched the game, it came out last Tuesday. Was that what the seventeenth? Yeah, seventeenth. Uh huh. Um, how how are you how are you feeling now? Right, the game is out. You've you know you've you've passed the uh, the kind of the I guess it's it's not like the point of no return, right? Because obviously, like in today's age with games, like you can patch, you can fix, you can <laughs> yeah. make updates. Like if something happens to break, but you know what is it like when you're like, are you are you watching some clock somewhere like on the sixteenth, being like it's gonna go live now? Like at, what's that feeling like? It's pretty cool, and it's funny you mentioned patching because I just submitted an update to the PC version. Someone was having some type of weird graphics driver issue. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's definitely a thing in today's games. But, uh, yes, in the, on the 16th, I mean, so, I mean, let, let's take it back. A few weeks ago, I was really kind of, um, I'm not really sure how to describe it. It was just, like, so many feelings, like excitement, but also worry because I just spent three years on the game, and it's, it would suck if it just bombed, you know, because that's a lot of time. So it's a lot of feelings, and it's kind of complicated. But I mean, the day when Seventeenth finally came around, it was uh, it was pretty awesome. Um, I basically woke up in the morning, and some people were bugging me about, "Hey, when's the Steam version going live?" So I immediately pressed that button and got that to go up. And then uh, Xbox and PlayStation Four, that's more automated. So I think the way Xbox works is it automatically goes up at 12 p.m. for each person's local time. Yep. So I think by the time I'd already uh, got up. The you people in the UK were playing the Xbox version. There were some reviews, and it's always fun to watch. Or um, I, I like watching the YouTube and the live streams of people playing the game. That's probably the my most favorite thing because you get to see their like facial reactions, yeah. right? So it, it's much more genuine. Uh, but I also like reading the reviews, and that was cool. Um, overall, the response was pretty positive. There's a few negative things here and there. I had uh, a few technical issues with the PC version that I had to patch, but overall, it went really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, it was probably the best launch I've had for any of my games so far. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. It seems like it's going to keep snowballing. So it's a big relief. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to finally get it out there and see that people are connecting with it too. So now, so when you um, you were taught, you're talking about Twitch and and YouTube and and you know reading reviews and stuff. So are you like are you of the mindset that you need to read the comments, or are you one of those like don't read the comments type <laughs> of people? Uh, well, it's funny because I, I go back and forth. Like, I have to be in the right mindset to read it. Yep. Um, because there's sometimes where, like, I read a review and people are saying stuff that's like, like, there, there's a difference between like, hey, this is my opinion, and stuff that's like straight up false. So I read one review where someone was saying that, um, oh, this might have been a comment actually, I can't remember, but someone was saying that uh, the game was way too short. It only took like 40 minutes to beat. But then they also admitted that they hadn't completed all of the side area puzzles and they hadn't completed this. And if you do that, you actually get a whole bunch of more content. So it's like, dude, come on, you know, you, you right, didn't even right, beat right. it. <laughs> you know, yeah. but that makes me, that frustrates me because it's like, I know people are going to read that and make a judgment and it's not even, and then I, I go back and forth like, well, should I leave a comment and correct them? And oh, that's kind of weird. I should right. just leave. Yeah. yeah. And that, <laughs> so I don't yeah, know. I can, I can understand that, especially from, from that type of perspective where like, Every I, every game kind of really that's, you know, with the exception of like very, very linear story games, like there is a lot of extra content that's designed to give you more. Yes, it's yeah. just but it's it's on your terms. So if you choose to do it now or later or in whatever order, like that's your experience it's not a book where you read from left to right and you go through all the pages at once. And so I think that that's, that is a really unfortunate way that people play games now where they'll, they'll yeah. go like through just straight through it and be like, well, <laughs> this was, Hmm, 
interesting. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, you, you did miss a ton yeah. of stuff in the process. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, I designed the game literally for two playthroughs, so you can't actually fully experience it without playing it twice yep. and really taking your time with it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that, that is one thing I've seen is that some people are just like speed running it one time and then kind of complaining about it. But, and the, the thing that's unfortunate is like most of the content I think is actually in the second playthrough, but whatever. I mean, it is, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, now, so, uh, when um, the game launched uh, on the seventeenth, I was I was retweeting a bunch of stuff. I saw a bunch of tweets. Uh, tell me about CyberSmile because I saw that you've um, you've partnered with them on the Path of Modus. What exactly is the CyberSmile Foundation? So that is a nonprofit that works with victims of bullying. Their main focus is cyberbullying, um, but they also work with schools to handle the more real-life bullying, right? They, uh, they work to distribute education materials, but their biggest thing is they have their, their uh, support lines, uh, phone and email, and they work with thousands of people each year that have been bullied and give them the support that they need. Uh, they do a lot of great things, and I originally, when I announced the game, I thought that the game might be a good fit for some type of nonprofit. And I just I came across them, and they're very integrated with technology and gaming, but also bullying. So it's like, well, that seems like a good fit. So I, I sent them um, I sent them an email, and they were really into it. Uh, they really liked the game, and so it just it just seemed like a perfect fit. So we, we partnered together, and I'm going to donate 10% of the game sales to fund their support lines that I was just talking about. And they're also, um, you know, they, I think you saw the article they posted. They're trying to help promote the game on their end as well. So it's been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. That's, I, I like that, uh, secondary kind of effect that the game has, right? Like the game has this one, one, um, message that it's trying to send, but then it connects with another organization or another, you know, thing that was kind of just like, oh, Hey, this is a, a really op- awesome opportunity to kind of reach more people and, and spread the same message. Uh, yeah, that's really neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited. This game, it's kind of funny because I, I almost feel like so far, what I'm seeing is that it seems to be connecting with more weird markets, <laughs> like not not necessarily like the traditional hardcore gaming people that play like the first person shooters, but like uh, I've had some outreach to schools that are really excited about trying to get the game in as an educational tool, and then like the Cyber Smile, like all these other people are very excited about the game. So uh, I'm excited for the future because it might, like I'm not sure what's going to happen. It's like kind of a new uh, new frontier for me. I've never went this direction with my games. So sure. Well, yep. and so that um, I was, this was actually something I was going to ask you about when I was on um, your website, pathofmodus.com, for anybody listening. Uh, <laughs> and you have, you've got select a version, PS4, Xbox One, um, Steam. You've got the soundtrack, and then the educational version. Is that what is the educational version? So it comes with a teacher's walkthrough guide and some other materials uh, for teachers to use in their class, and basically it, it covers. Um, I've worked with some schools seeing like what material they need to cover because bullying is a really hot issue in schools. If Absolutely. people don't know, like yeah. uh, they're trying to find new ways to address the topic. Um, and originally, like I had no intention, like I didn't design it to be an educational game. But as I shown the game at conventions, I kept running into teachers that are like, oh, my God, like I have to have this in the classroom. Do you have an educational version? And eventually so many people tell you that it's like, OK, I need to do this, Make you know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah so many people are asking for it. So. Uh, like I said, that wasn't my intention, um, so it was a little weird at first. But yeah, we went ahead and did it, and I've been talking uh, to some social workers that work in schools and teachers and superintendents, and like everyone I've talked to so far is like really on fire about the idea. So 
Um, you can, I don't know if teachers are listening, but if you are, uh, like I said, you can check out the educational version on the website. We are about to put up a demo version so you can actually see the material the teachers walk through that I'm talking about. Um, there's different ways you can use it in the class, but the way I'm imagining it is um, you come together as a class and maybe you take turns playing the game on the big screen. And as you go through the game, you talk about the uh, important points that are in the guide that relate back to what the teachers need to communicate. So it's, like, so far it's looking good. Um, we're just, just we're rolling it out very slowly. Um, so I'm excited to see where that goes. That's awesome. I like that's that's really like that's an awesome like thing that happens right in the process. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was a surprise for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so I also see that you um, you do YouTube videos about game development to help other people kind of get into it as well. Yeah. That, uh -huh. Has that always been a thing? Is that like were you always kind of um, you like you seem to like uh, kind of in, like including everyone in kind of everything that you do, right? So like um, you know, obviously like a game about bullying, like the idea is to include people because bullying sucks. And right. Yeah. <laughs> short, <laughs> short version. Um, yeah. But you know, and then you you also like you're like oh okay like now I see that there's an opportunity for um, this, so I'm going to include into this. And then on top of that, like you also do the YouTube videos for game development as a thing on its own. Like, uh, was that always a, like, so basically was that always a thing or were people asking you like, how did you learn about, you know, programming or game development? And then you decided to start making videos or was it kind of just a, a little bit of a passion project? Well, it totally started off because so many people were asking me. Um, when my last game came out, Pillar, I started getting a lot of kids and older people, too, um, that found out that I was self-taught and basically we were just a small team of two. So they were like, hey, how'd you get into games? And I found that I was just repeating the same information so much and so many people were asking me. It was like, okay, I just need to you know, produce some videos that have all this information, just kind of point people to that. So that, that's how it started. Um, just people were asking and I it just... I've. It's it's more of my side thing. Like I don't put as I don't produce as much content as I, I would like to. Sure. But we, we do have quite a bit of stuff up there right now. We have um, the main video, which is probably the one you see, is basically uh, me condensing my entire story. Like, hey, here's how I started as a kid, and this is a, the step by step process I took to learn. And then after that, I usually try to redire uh, redirect people to the programming videos I have, and we just start from square one. I, I show people how to do basic programming. And we build that up into eventually you make a uh, small game engine, a small 2D game engine. Mm. And it's actually the same one that I used for uh, the Path of Modus. So that's that's what I have up there now. And I have a few on like marketing. And I'm hoping in the future to make some on game design. So I'm hoping to have a nice uh, variety of different topics on there for people. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, um, you're also a musician. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Because <laughs> I, I play guitar not very well. But oh, do you? Okay. Um, There's a little bit of guitar in this game. I don't yeah. know if you've heard it. Yeah. Um, so did you make all the you made all the music for the game as well? Yes, I did. Yeah, I I did all the music. Um, there's one part in the game where there's like a lead guitar part, and that's actually my dad. That's in the second chapter. But all the other stuff, yeah, I, I did it myself. Um, when I was in high school, I was in the marching band. And I played trumpet. So there's trumpet in the soundtrack as well. It's actually me playing. Um, when it comes to video game soundtracks, I like to mix real stuff. So there's like real live recordings of me mm -hmm. playing stuff. I like to mix that with the synthetic things. 
um, because I just think that's a little more interesting. Like, I like to guess, like, hey, is this... <laughs> like I, I, for video games, I feel like it's a nice blend because it's almost like it's a computer program, but it has that human touch. So it just makes sense for me to it makes sense to me to have the soundtrack be similar, right? A little bit of synthetic, yep. but a little bit of real touch to it as well. So, hmm. um, have you? So you were uh, in the marching band, played trumpet. What else do you play besides trumpet? Well, I I, I play guitar as well mm-hmm. and bass guitar. Uh, I play piano. There's some piano in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I, I can play a little bit of drums, not too well. I usually do that. That's usually I do. I do that on the computer, like I sequence it and stuff. Um, yeah, that's about it, though. That's, those are the main instruments I play. That's that's pretty sweet. That you <laughs> like now. So when you um, when you were making the game, was that always in your mind? Like I want to be able to do all of these things in the game. Like utilize the skills that you have. Or um, was there ever a time where you were like, boy, I wish I had somebody who I could pass some, you know, some additional work on to because, <laughs> yes. to, you know, for two people to make a full game like that, that sounds like a, a lot of work. It just yeah, it's a, like it a, is. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a ton of work. Yeah, and sometimes I do wish that because there's parts of the music production that I don't really care for. Like, mm-hmm. I really don't like to mix, but... Um, for people that are audio junkies, like adjusting the volumes and all that stuff, like it's a real pain. And I have like a really bad audio system at home. So I, I always worry that like, uh, like I don't think I'm mixing these levels right on a real good sound system. It's going to sound horrible. <laughs> so it's like that, that whole process I, I don't like because I have a tendency to really obsess over those details. Um, so there are times where it's like, eh, I wish I could just like give this to someone to mix. But then at the same time, like you said, in the past where I've had other people in my family like mix the music or like friends, I always am like, no, no, that's not how it should be. And I just end up doing it myself anyway. (laughs) So I just, I just do it, you know, even though I don't necessarily like the mixing part, but, um, it's, it was important to me that I did everything because I wanted the music to really be, uh, really tightly integrated with what I was trying to convey with the story and the gameplay. Like there were certain feelings I wanted to come through um, and also it gave me the opportunity to make the music dynamic, um, cause I'm the programmer. So I kind of know like, okay, dynamic music can work really well in this scene. We can do that and this. So it, it's, I think the soundtrack came off pretty unique just pr- from the fact that like, I'm the one coding the dynamic music in the engine, but also the one making the music. So I have a good idea of what's possible mm. if that makes sense. So hopefully like everything feels really cohesive. That's my hope. Like the final product, you can really tell like everything's made by a couple of people <laughs> right so um yeah. now in terms of um development did you ever um want to kind of expand and um maybe work with another team or or i mean obviously again like we were just talking like it's it was important to you to kind of can kind of make everything yourself um, but is there, is there ever like a point in development and this is, I mean, this is kind of a generally vague question, but, um, is there ever a point in the development where you're just like, I might've bit off a bit more than I could chew. And, you know, I feel like that probably happens in development yeah. just because like I, in the course of three years, like there's, there's a lot that can happen. So, oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I thought that quite a bit because originally we thought the game was going to take like one year to make, and obviously we know that's not what happened. But <laughs> um, I for this project, it was really important to me that two people did it. Um, I did have an offer from really good friends of mine that run a studio. Um, they offered to come in and collaborate 
And I, I might do that in the future. I don't know. Um, but for this game, it, I just really want it to be very intimate and I wanted to have complete creative control. I, we'll see what happens in the future. I'm not really sure. Because it's it, like you said, it is so much work. It would be nice if I could like lay off some of the more like grunt programming work and just say, hey, this is what I want, do this, and have someone do it. Like That would be nice. But there's also something about like, um, I, I think like Jack White, this is a quote from him from the White Stripes, but he talks about like, the best art comes by like the suffering and really like bleeding and like getting into the guts of it and really struggling with it. Um, and I, I do believe that, um, even in a video game, you know, it, there's, even though I don't like doing a lot of this grunt work or like, like I said, the audio mixing and stuff, mm -hmm. I think it, I think you really kind of have to battle with something for it to be really special, I guess. Maybe that's not true, but that's my philosophy towards it. I, so. I, I would be willing to, to go along with that. That sounds, that sounds like it would be something I think a lot of people would, connect with and agree with um, okay good <laughs> sometimes like, i sound you, crazy well because you know when you when you talk about like how much work goes or just in general like when you think about like how much work goes into a video game right it's not like it's not just the visual elements there's so much code behind it so that everything does what it needs to do yeah and there's there's i mean everybody i know that i've talked to in, in development has been like yeah there's always that time where like you forget uh parenthesis or like some <laughs> yeah. special character and then you run a build and nothing happens and you go oh my god what yeah. happened and then you have yeah. to you just have to comb and you have to literally just spend all this time going through lines of code to be like i something here is wrong yeah but i yeah. will find it exactly yeah and there's like also a certain sense of pride like i'm kind of proud that i can say hey yeah it took three years but two people made this and we did it you know because like, i don't i don't I feel like a lot of times the people I know, my developer friends, they like it's easy to start a project, but not very many people finish. You know what I mean? Especially when it's just a couple of people on the team. Like it's a real hard challenge. So it feels like an accomplishment in my life. I know it doesn't matter to people. Like they just matter if the game's good or not. But it makes me. I'm, I'm proud that we did it, just the two of us, I guess. So, yeah. Right. Um, so now that uh, the game is out and. And this is I, this is a question I, I tend to ask people um, that that make games because it's it never really stops, right? Like, so do you do you already have an idea for the next thing? I, yeah, I do. Unfortunately, <laughs> like I like I have so many ideas. Um, yeah, people keep asking me that too in these interviews. Like, what's next? What's next? But it's like, dude, I, I have to have a break. Like, <laughs> yep. I, I'm, I'm going to focus on like the business side of things right now mm -hmm. because I think it would be a mistake to just jump into another project. Like I said earlier, we're working on the school integration and things like that. And I expect that to maybe take a good maybe half a year, if not more, mm -hmm. um, because it's not just like a bam, they put it in the schools like they have to go through paperwork and go through this whole process. And right. so I expect what I do now is more business side, like trying to get the game in front of as many people as I can. Um, and I, I have one smaller game idea that I'd like to maybe work on on the side, like while I'm doing that. So I, I'm not, cause I, I hate doing the business stuff. So I need something creative so I don't kill myself, basically. <laughs> something, <laughs> something fun to keep the juices going. So I might do like a small little game project. Um, but yeah, for the, for the, in terms of like a next big game project, I don't think I'll start on a big game project probably for another year or so. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Now, um, is that another uh example of just like a skill set that you developed over time like the marketing the business side of things or is that just kind of been a a learning experience as you've gone 
Yeah, I mean, it started off like, so my first few games that I released came out for the Xbox Live Indie Games channel. Um, I, I released like three or three games there. Um, no, four. I released four games there. And originally when I put my first one up, I was just like, ah, you know, let's put the game up and see what happens. But I quickly found out that I need to also make effort. Like I, I have to do the PR and the marketing, all that. Um, that's a necess- If I'm going to do this as a team of two, I, that's another skill set I need to learn, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I learned that after that release. And it's just been a process of trial and error. I try different things and see what the results are. If it seems to work, um, you know, I'll, I'll keep following it. If not, I'll drop it. Like an example of that would be on the last game, I thought it would be a good idea to do a radio tour, like just local radio stations. Um, there's college radio stations and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people wanted to have me on, but what I found was just like, radio's dead. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I didn't get much hits off of it, maybe like one or two people here and there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, that, that's a cool idea. It was fun to do it, but, you know, it's costing money for me to drive around, do all that. So let's scrap that idea. Um, so I'm always trying to find like unique little ways because as an indie, like I have to think outside of the box a little bit because I don't have like a huge budget to market things. So I'm always thinking about unique ways to get the game in front of people. And sometimes the things are good ideas and sometimes they're not. <laughs> so, gotcha. yeah. Um, so in terms of, uh, obviously we met at PAX, um, it was PAX like a good, I mean, assuming it's a good experience for you. Uh, was that, um, kind of opportunity to show your game, um, to all these just a billion people, right, coming yeah. and going, walking by. Like, what is that? What's that experience like in terms of um, like helping you with both, obviously the marketing side and the development side? Because obviously, I assume when people play, like they're going to talk to you and you get to ask them questions as opposed to you know, um, it, you know, you were talking at the we were talking at the beginning. You were like, oh, you know, you read the reviews, you read the comments. Like, what's it like to go back to the perspective when, like, you're still actively working on the game, but now you get to ask all these people um, about their experience, having them never have played the game. Yeah, I love showing at the conventions, and like you said, I think the biggest strength of those is um, the playtest sessions because I can really. Um, it's genuine because they're strangers, right? Like sometimes if I test with friends or family, they're you know they're not, they're not going to necessarily say, hey, the game sucks, and you know, they're going to try their best to play through it and all that because they don't want to hurt my feelings. But at these conventions, you really get a lot of that honest feedback. And uh, the game, so a few years back, I showed at a convention in St. Louis, that's near where I'm based, mm-hmm. and it was so valuable because I, I like I had a huge like two pages worth of feedback from that, and it was the most important part of the design phase of this game. Because I, I, it gave me like a, such a clarity of like what was going to work in the design and what wasn't. Um, so I, I always recommend developers, especially early on, even if it's an early build that has really bad art or whatever, like go to some conventions, even if it's just local ones, and test the game. And not, not only do you get to see like what is working and what's not in terms of the design, um, but you also get to really hone in on your pitch, right? Because like people are going to come by and they're going to say, hey, what's this? And um, you have to know like that, they call it the elevator pitch, like that quick, you know, few word things that's going to get p- people on board. And that takes some time to really iterate. At least for me, it does. Like I find that the first thing that I say is eh, kind of, but I need to work on it a little bit. So the conventions are always a great time, um, to work that out. But I, I will say one more thing that like, you, you do meet a lot of people. Um, usually at the PAXs, you know, I, I get like maybe close to 50 people signing up for the mailing list and things like that. 
but I'm not really sure that the uh, the expense of some of the bigger ones are necessarily worth it, um, unless you're getting like a lot of media. Like that's that's the other big strength. Like it's playtesting, and then at these bigger ones, you have like the big media people that come by, like people like you, right? Like mm-hmm. You come by, and we can connect and have that face to face bonding time, I guess. Sure. So I I think those are the two big strengths of the convention. But I always warn people like. Because sometimes it's like thousands of dollars to, especially if you have to get a plane ticket and all that. Well, yeah, like even just to have like just to have space at PAX in general. Like I don't think I don't think I don't know what the actual number is, but like it's not cheap. No, it's not. Yeah, Yeah. the the more local ones, at least around here, the local ones are pretty cheap. But like the big ones, like PAX and GDC, um, yeah, those can get pretty pricey. So I always try to warn people of that. (laughs) Yeah. Now, so, um, so. Obviously, you're going to transition to the the business side and and the educational aspect of the game. Um, do you get to finally start playing other video games now? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, actually, actually, yes, I do. Um, so my cousin, when I was younger, we were we were really into The Sims for GameCube. Um, I always loved that version, and she actually brought over. I, I let I sold her for some stupid reason. I sold her my copies of The Sims when I was younger. And I, lately, I've been really wanting to play them for some reason. So she brought them over for me to borrow. And I've been playing them at night. So yeah, I've, I've had a little more time to play some games. <laughs> it's, it's it's nice. It's yeah. Nice. Now, when um when you're doing the development, we'll go back three years again. Um, we're just gonna time hop a little bit. Okay. But, um, yeah. You know, uh, was it is it is it something that you find um that helps you or hurts you if you start or were invested in another game that you were playing just out of, out of enjoyment while you're trying to build your own game. Um, because obviously like, you know, one, the time factor, right? You're taking time away from, from development and just other aspects of your life to play someone else's video game. But at the same time, like that's what you want people to do with your game does that weigh on you at all when you're like, man, I kind of want to play video games, but I have to work on this project? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't play too many video games during the development. I mean, there are some. Um, mm-hmm. Usually I would kind of binge play games during Christmas break. That's usually when I would get in a lot of playtime. Um, but, it, I mean, well, I mean, I guess that's not totally true. Like, I, I liked to pl- during that three-year time, I'd always play some games before bed. But it wasn't like a whole lot, like maybe like 30 minutes of playing a game each night or something. It yeah. wasn't like a whole a lot. Um, but what I found was that there, there was a time, and I've gotten a lot better about this, but there was a time where it was really hard for me to play like any video game because I would get really frustrated. Like, that's not what you should do. You should do this. Like, like trying to like put my design ideas and my views on things into it. Um, I, I've had other designers say the same thing. And eventually I was like, you know what? No. Because like, I don't want to be this person that just like can't enjoy video games anymore because it's not the way I think it should be or whatever. Sure. So I, I had to work on that. Like, okay, this this just they have different ways of designing. Their ways fine too, you know. Just kind of accepting that. Well, nothing is perfect, and not every person likes everything, right? Every there's right. just a variety of life, and so it's, I've I've gotten a lot better at that. I, I can pick up the latest AAA game and enjoy it and not get frustrated. But there was a time there I couldn't really do that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and, and, it, and I imagine that that might get more heightened. Your like, attention to detail gets more heightened when you're in the middle of development for a game because you're thinking so much about, like, why did they do that? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Design choices or like sometimes I'd find a bug and I'd be like, how did this ship, how did this pass quality assurance? I would never let this go out, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's, I had to work on that. So, gotcha. um, so aside from, 
you know, game development, uh, the business side, getting back to The Sims. Um, what do you do outside of game development just for fun? Well, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm just starting to work on that. <laughs> so the, the answer was for the last three years, I can't really think of too much. Like I, I would play a game at night to kind of wind down and it's wake up, eat and get on the grind. Like mm -hmm. we, we worked pretty strong hours for a long time. Um, so now that the hardcore production is done, like I'd like to start reading, <laughs> like pick up some books. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to just get out of the house and do more social things. I feel like that's probably suffered the most in the last few years. Um, I, I don't I don't know more social things and like I said maybe pick up a book and I wouldn't mind maybe trying to challenge myself and do some different types of music um, work on different types of music and maybe try a different genre things like that so yeah it's uh, I'm currently working on that that's that's in progress <laughs> well that's a good thing right you know yeah that's good yeah um, good. now when you uh, talked about long hours um, uh, basically get up build this game and and you go. Um, are, are you like, is it, is that literally like eat, drink, sleep program? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like we had pretty early. I do like the, the artist when he was here, he actually kind of helped me get out of that. Mm -hmm. But like, I have really bad cause I, it, it's, it's not like, I like working on this stuff. I really love it. Right. And the, my problem is just like, I love it so much that it consumes me. And before I know it, I've, I've been working for like 12 hours. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, the thing is, like, I can do that for a while, but eventually, no matter much, no matter how much you love something, like that, that has its toll on you, right? Yeah. Uh, that's not exactly news, but I've had to learn that the hard way, and I'm still working on it. But luckily, when the artist was here, my friend Gonzalo, he recognized this. He's like, "Dude, we have to just at five. It doesn't matter if you're in the middle of something. Just cut it off. Like, let's go play Rocket League and let's exercise. Let's go outside. Let's do other stuff." And he really helped me break out of that. Mm -hmm. So th that was nice. It was nice to have him here <laughs> to gotcha. help with that. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure I, I, I'm always like, what questions do I want to ask? What questions do I want to ask? Um, cause like I always, I'm, I, to me, game development is, is always going to be a foreign language. I will, I will understand like very little about the actual programming aspect of it. Yeah. Other than just like, I understand like how it, how the elements combine to make a game. Um, what was one of the biggest challenges you had to overcome during the development as it related to that? So um, I'd say the biggest challenge in this game was that we would work on stuff and then we'd look back and we'd say, wow, like our standards of quality kept increasing because we kept getting, we kept getting better at what we were doing. Um, and that took it's for, for Gonzalo and his art, he just became a better artist, right? So he would, you know, do the first level, do the second level and then do the third level. And then by the time he had done the third level, it was at such another level. He's like, Oh, I have to go back and do the earlier stuff over again. And it was just, it was this vicious process of like redoing and redoing over and over and over. And for me on the design side, I also redid the game quite a few times because, um, I'd find something new and interesting. And, and I was like, well, I really want to explore this to the fullest because this is a really interesting idea and it was surprising. It wasn't something I expected and it ended up, you know, I think I redesigned the game three times, but the stuff that I discovered during the process and fully explored ended up being the things that people remembered the most from the game. So I think it was worth doing that. Um, but it, it became such a vicious cycle and I'm pretty sure that's why it took so long to finish the game was that, 
Um, so I'm hoping that the next big project, I'm hoping we've reached a skill level where that can not be such a problem, but we'll see. Because <laughs> you, you always get better, right? So maybe right. That's, it's a problem for every project, but we'll sure. see. Yeah. Um, well, that's, I mean, I, I, like I said, that's, it's, it's all awesome stuff. And, and I'm, I'm most excited now knowing a little bit more about CyberSmile and, and the educational aspect. Like now I'm like super excited to know what that, like that path goes and becomes because uh, I, I find gaming to be probably one of the greatest, uh, not equalizer, but unifier of people. And yeah. As like an, and and it's and it's to me it's an underutilized tool. Like I think a lot of people look at gaming and go, oh yeah, yeah people just stare in front of a TV. Yeah, yeah. But I think that there's there's always this challenge of of trying to talk to people and be like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm staring in front of a TV, but I'm I've become best friends with this person who lives somewhere else, and while I don't see them, I've become friends with them. Or you know, hey, like playing this game or doing like you know extra life charity streams or whatever like we've raised money for this and all this other stuff that i think on the surface people don't see so um that that partnership with cyber smile like that like that hits me in the feels um because i (laughs) like i just i love when when gaming does more than just gaming yeah yeah me too and you're right you know maybe our generation understands us more because like my best friends we met online and I ended up moving in with one of my friends I met online. Right. And that sounds so weird to older people, but it's very common. Yeah. Um, like I know, I mean, online dating, that's how a lot of people I know have met their boyfriend or girlfriend. Like the internet's been a very, it's a great connecting tool, I think. Um, and like you said, in terms of games, yeah, I mean, a lot of people meet through online games. That, that was how I met my friend, but you know, I'm hoping that in the classroom when everyone plays, you know, it's fun and, they kind of have their own special moment, you know, maybe they, someone dies on this part and it's funny and all that, and that brings people together, but then they also have the more discussion part of the game where they can talk about the serious stuff too, and it opens this dialogue. So that's my hope, and I, so far it seems like it's, it's going to work. So I, I'm also really excited to go in this direction, because I mean, I release so many games now on these platforms, mm-hmm. like I, I kind of know how that goes, but this is a whole new field for me, like I've never worked with schools or done that, so it's, uh, it's keeping things exciting for me as well, hmm. Yeah. Well, that is that is awesome. I don't have any more questions for you. Do you have any questions for me? <laughs> uh, um, okay, let me let me. Ask, how far have you gotten in the game so far? Let me ask that. I've probably played about an hour. Uh, about an hour. Yeah, okay. about an hour in, and it, and it honestly, it's because like with my the we talked before the podcast, um, my new job and just a lot of stuff happening um, outside of of the gaming sphere like my um, the amount of time i get to spend um like in front of a device is super limited like the most i like i pretty much use my phone consistently for gps or music (laughs) or music when i'm in the car and i haven't i haven't turned on my ps4 in ages and my gaming pc at home like just is always in standby mode i have my laptop with me but it's a mac so like i there's so many games that I'm like, ooh, I could play this. And I'm like, ah, but it's not on Steam right. or Mac. And yeah. it's like, it's it's been uh, it's been an interesting few, like, few months of adjusting to uh, kind of a new work schedule and, and just um, other other um, things that are happening. Because like, I've been trying to like, I'm not trying to wean myself off of technology, but I'm trying to be more present 
in a weird yes. way, if that makes sense. Oh um, yeah, no, I, I get that. Yeah. And so like that, like that, I'm always just like, Ooh, like, man, I really want to go home and just play video games. But then someone would be like, Hey, like we should just go out and you know, do whatever. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I should probably go do that. Like that. I yeah. should do that. And that always is tough because like, there are times when I'm just like, man, I want to go sit and play video games. Not because I'm bored, not because I'm like, I don't want to, you know, hang out with my friends, but it's like, I'm like, this is a, it's a part of my life and it's a thing. Right. Yeah. And and I want to, I want to experience these things. It's just, I have to do it in front of my computer or my TV. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no, I totally know what you mean. And earlier I was saying that I think the internet's really good for connecting people, but I also think there's a really dark side Mm -hmm. of technology too. And I think it's exactly what you just said. Like, and it's something I'm having to work on as well. It's like, I, I need to work on there's something about just, you know, turning off the phone and just going and doing something with people. You know what I mean? I, like the old school, just go and get coffee. And, you know, I, I find that some of my friends, like <laughs> there's times where we go out for like dinner or something and everyone's on their phone and it's like, dude, no, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> like, like, yeah. let's, let's, let's turn that off and just appreciate each other. You know, I, I, I can text you at home, you know what I mean? Right. And I think that's kind of the dark side of a lot of this technology. I feel like we're uh, there's some negative social aspects to it. And I think we're not quite understanding what that is. And I don't, I think we need to work on like healthy use of technology. Mm. Um, maybe I sound like a hippie, but uh, no, I, I think it, I think it can cause some mental health problems. And I think we're kind of seeing that too. Like if you just live in the cyber world all the time, I think it causes problems, but there's nothing wrong with using it. Right. right? It's, it's kind of like McDonald's, right? You can have a Big Mac, you know, once in a while, but if you eat it every day, that's not good. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh well this is this has been a pleasure but let's make sure that everyone can uh find you so obviously the game website is pathofmodus.com um twitter youtube instagram what social medias can people find you or the game at um so i am on twitter at michael arts game i think there's a link to my twitter on the website as well that's the main thing I'm active on, but we also have a Facebook that I post things on maybe once a year. <laughs> so feel free to like that too. But I think the URL for that is facebook.com slash Michael Arts Game. And I think the link for that is also on the website. Mm-hmm. So every, everything you need should be on pathofmost.com, links to the store pages and our social media as well. Awesome. Uh, the game is out. It's on Steam. It's on PS4. It's on Xbox One. Um Michael, it has been a pleasure to sit and chat with you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate your time. Um, and uh, do we any 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 last things you want to say? I think we've covered it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It's been a blast, and uh, we'll have to stay in touch. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, everybody, this has been episode ninety-four of the Disconnected Gamers podcast. Michael, thank you again, uh, and uh, we will see you all on the next episode. Take care, everybody.